is Pixelated Audio, episode 51, and today we've got another amazing soundtrack from the Famicom Disk System. Welcome to Pixelated Audio, a bi-weekly podcast featuring video game music and retro gaming. Hosting today's show is myself, James, and Brian. How's it going, guys? Today, we're going to be listening to the music from Falcian, and Falcian is a third-person perspective space shooter developed and published by Konami in 1987 for the Famicom Disk System. To give you a little bit of an idea of what this looks like, it's a little bit like Sega Space Harrier. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot like that. And um, yeah, it's been quite a while since we did a Famicom Disk System exclusive episode, yeah. so yeah, almost it was, a year. Yeah, right? it was way back in episode 24. I mean, I, you had said almost a year, and I was like, no, that can't be right, and I scrolled all the way back through, and I mean, this is episode 51, that was 24, so I mean, that was, that was quite yeah, a while ago. and that was on uh, I Sent You Nicole, which mm-hmm. is a fantastic game that you should go back and play if you have the means to play it, which everybody has the means to play it, I think. Yeah excellent game excellent soundtrack and it's all because of the famicom disc system attachment and this game is no different in that sense well and another thing that they share is it was also a konami game very true very true we should have picked something else man you (laughs) want to switch it up now no (laughs) anyways no the soundtrack for falcium is amazing uh, you guys are going to hear a lot of good music. You already heard that first track, mm-hmm. and uh, we got a lot more stuff to go. I mean, it's a short soundtrack. It's a short game, so yeah. I mean, it's a difficult game. So you're going to be playing it over and over and over. But it's uh, it's got a really uh, powerful score behind it. Yeah. So, anyways, to get the episode rolling, the first track that we played was called "The First Space Flight," which takes place during level one. I think this track is super energetic and just really pumps up the whole game. You don't really hear a lot of music. You don't hear any music really when you start it. Mm-hmm. And so this is the first thing you're going to hear, the first thing to get your your blood flowing and you know your eyes cross-eyed when you start looking at the screen. Yeah, yeah I mean, as soon as you, you turn this game on, it just goes straight to playing and this track right. just blows you away right away. Like you said, very fast paced. It's very Konami. I, to me, it sounded very Konami. There's a lot of yeah. sounds that... that I kind of recognized from other games. Yeah, they're just, like recycled. You know? Yeah, but it's it's not really bad though. I, th- I think that it, they have a good sound and they use it really well. So there's not you know, like as long as the songs don't sound exactly like another game, right. which they don't, and it it just gives a good sound because you kind of it kind of brings in some of that emotion for other games. Like there was some some Ninja Turtle sounds that I kind of got <laughs> yeah. from this, and it just kind of made it even more fun to play. Right. For me, I, I really like the harmonizing. Uh, square waves. I think that that slight, slight delay creating that echo effect mm-hmm. with the the square wave too is just it's so pretty. And Konami's so well known for being able to have these really powerful punching, uh, harmonizing uh, lead channels. And I think that's it's so awesome about this track. And you're going to hear a lot of that in the rest of the soundtrack as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, and if you're familiar with the I Sent You Nicole episode, you're going to know that we're going to be talking about that Famicom disc system add-on that just it takes those 
really great, you know, 8-bit sounding tracks and just gives them an extra little punch of adrenaline to right. way, make sounds even more crisp or put emphasis on things. Or like in this track, it had the kind of like guitar slide sounds right. to it. I was just like, wow, that's just so cool. Yeah, that's a, like a sweep. And mm-hmm. they don't overdo it, which is nice. They mm-hmm. really only kind of added in at certain points, but you, your ear will pick that up right away. And I'm sure you guys heard plenty of that as this last track was playing. And it's just really cool to, to hear that like slide up, which mm-hmm. you don't really get to hear too much on the NES APU by itself. Yeah, we're really excited about this music, so maybe we should start with the composers responsible for the soundtrack. So first up, we have Shinya Sakamoto, a.k.a. Rusher Sakamoto, or S. Sakamoto, as he's also credited by. He's a Japanese composer that worked at Konami from the mid-80s all the way up until the late 90s, although most of his career composing was around the NES era. Right. So for the NES, we have Life Force, King Kong 2 Megaton Punch, YY World, which those last two games we played tracks from in our expansion packs. We also have Stinger on the NES. And then for the Famicom, Disk System, and the NES, he did both versions of Demon Castle Legend 2. Also on the Famicom Disk System, we have Green Beret, Final Command, Red Base, Blades of Steel. Well, he did the music for the original Konami Ice Hockey for the Famicom Disk System. Mm-hmm. So I'm not exactly sure if he did the same music that was ported over to the NES for Blades of Steel. It might have just been sound engineering. Uh, possibly. Anyway, for the Famicom Disk System, we also have Risei no Yosei Densetsu and then Nemesis on the Game Boy. He also uh, helped work on music and sound production for uh, Circus Charlie and the Arcade. Not exactly 100% sure what his role in that was, but mm-hmm. uh, he does have a credit for that. Uh, Esper Dream on the Famicom Disk System. Ajax and Quarth on the Sharp X68000. And that's according to VGMPF, but I couldn't find that anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And none of my other resources mentioned that at all. So take it as it is, I guess. Yeah, we run into a lot of that with researching stuff. You go to five different sites and you get five different answers. Yeah. So. Anyways, another person responsible for the soundtrack is Atsushi Fujio, a.k.a. Mount Fujio. Oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Damien Fujio and Sukenomiya Fujio. And I, I know those last two ones. I've seen those credited mm-hmm. before, but I, I didn't know the Mount Fujio one. That's kind of funny. I want to say he's probably the main composer for the soundtrack, and he also did a lot of the audio programming for the game. And you've probably seen him like on a good portion of games the or Konami games that came out in the mid to late 80s. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the time he's more responsible for the audio engineering side, the the programming side. And when he does do some composition work, it's usually because he's already doing engineering for that game. Right. So he might contribute like a track or so. Yeah, and so in his list of games for the NES, he has Salamander, or Life Force as it's known here, Demon Castle Legend 2, YY World, Adventures of Bayou Billy, Gone Beret Pennant Race, Twin B3, Madara, Dream Penguin Story, Laser Invasion, and Roller Games. And for the Famicom Disk System, we have Exciting Billiards, Exciting Soccer Konami Cup, Bio Miracle, Bukute Upa, Final Command, Red Fortress, Blades of Steel, Risei no Yosei Densetsu, and for the Famicom Disk System and NES, he has Gyrus. So on the non-composing side, more like audio engineering side, he's helped with Axelay for the Super Nintendo. He did the sound programming there. He did uh, the sound programming and sound effects for Contra Spirits. Madara 2, he did the sound programming and sound effects. Also, he did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters, all the sound programming for that for the Mm -hmm. Genesis, and also Vampire Killer. He did all the sound programming for that on the Genesis. And there's also a few other games like Survival Kids Island Adventures. He did the composing and the sound effects Mm -hmm. for for the Game Boy Color. 
he's got like I mean we just read a ton of different things yeah. that he's done and I'm sure there's a few other things that he was just never credited for but the guy has an amazing repertoire of oh of yeah composition and audio work you know yeah no we had talked about like oh these lists are a little bit long but <laughs> I mean some of these games are just like you can't really leave them off the yeah. list and there's one other person that's responsible for some of the soundtrack and for the longest time people assumed that it was Yuji Takenouchi and he had that he had done the soundtrack for the game and a lot of people started asking him after he left Konami you know did you did you work on the Falcium soundtrack or not and mm-hmm. so he he says that it wasn't it wasn't actually him it was Shigehiro Takenouchi who had already quit by the time that he joined so when he joined and the original Takenouchi left uh, people just assumed it was the same person, yeah. so it was credited as Yuji Takanouchi. Anyways, he's done a few different tracks, uh, not a lot of a lot of music for Konami. He must have been there only for like a few years, but he did work on Nemesis Two for the MSX, Metal Gear for the MSX and NES. I'm unsure of what his role is right. on those games. It might have been sound effects, but let's get into our next track. This is called "The Evening Voyage," and it's from Level Two. heard the evening voyage level two for falcian on the famicom disc system it's such a great track that's probably one that's probably my second favorite track actually <laughs> yeah no no it is it really is like there's there's another one on here that i i deem my top favorite all-time track of this of this uh soundtrack but this one is definitely up there well, I, I didn't I, know if you meant this is your second favorite track of the two tracks we've played. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I do really, really like this track, yeah. though, and it has so much energy, and it's so hard to get to this level anyway. And when you when you start listening, it just it pumps you up, and that really beautiful kind of like dancing around the piano, very Konami sounding to me. Yeah. The the high brass of the Famicom disc system just uh, makes me so happy. Yeah. No, I mean this game has a a great melody to a lot of the songs which I mean is, is very Konami but I mean I guess it's really very like 80s 8-bit music it had, a lot of the really good music had really good strong melodies and I just I really like in this track how there's kind of like a trading off the songs kind of sectioned off where uh, a lot of the similar sounds are working together and then they kind of almost like turn off and then a new set of sounds will come in for a second and it's like your a b a b parts yeah but yeah it's like lined up differently yeah yeah so it was kind of neat to have like instead of them all kind of mixing together that they were kind of very segmented in this one which i kind of liked but i mean it had the very the very galloping you know heroic very dancey yeah like fast paced kind of 
like getting you pumped up and for a shooter I mean, it works really great. Yeah, we've talked about the Famicom Disk System and the Ricoh 2C33 chip before quite a few times now, actually. Right. We're just talking about, like, I sent you Nicole episode that we did, uh, episode 24. But um, to give you a little recap about the Disk System attachment in terms of audio is that it complements the existing five-channel NES sound system by adding basically a single 64-step wavetable channel. And you can use mo like a modulation table or the engineers can use a modulation table set up by the CPU. It's a really intricate little system and this addition can simulate a bunch of different instruments. So we get these really uh, high brassy, you know, tenor saxophone sounds or trumpet sounds, mm -hmm. or it can sound like almost like a, an electric guitar, which you don't really get on the NES too much. And uh, I think that it just, it sounds so pretty. And this track itself has a really cool use of the Famicom Disk System attachment. Mm -hmm. Let's just listen to that real quick by itself because it, yeah. it just sounds so cool. Hang no, on. I love when we, when we do this. <laughs> yeah. You can really hear that it's like, it's really the the bulk behind the, yeah. what makes this track so cool, right? Yeah, it's definitely carrying a lot of weight. Whereas sometimes you'll see it as more like a subtle kind of addition, and it'll bring like you know add more fullness to some of the yeah. tracks or something like that. But this one is really carrying a heavy load. I think it's interesting too that it goes so high in the high range, and then it drops down to do like that mm -hmm. bass that. Da -da 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 -da. Anyways, I do love this track though. It's it's a lot of fun to listen to. Mm -hmm. um, the whole soundtrack is good. And uh, this is obviously one of my favorites, so moving on. So the story for this game is actually only explained in the game manual, and it's it's kind of brief, but it's it's a neat little story. So basically, it's actually a lot more detailed than I thought. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's like a paragraph long, so <laughs> okay. for an entire game. But um, so basically, in this world, humans have colonized all the planets in our galaxy, and they've decided that they wanted to start expanding into other galaxies like human tendencies. So yeah. um, they develop a new technology called the hyperzone drive. But as it turns out, a hostile alien race has already mastered this and has been spreading throughout other galaxies, kind of taking them over. Right. Eventually they reach our Pluto colony and instantly just wipe it out. Like they have very limited resources. They have very limited, you know, abilities to defend themselves. And this advanced technology just kind of took everybody out. Wiped so, us out. Yeah. So, I mean, Pluto, that's sorry. <laughs> So the people that kind of police this galaxy, they're called the United Space Force. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not the most um, creative name, but I kind of, it sounds like a military. I, I guess group. that is what they would call it. You know, we don't always have the most clever names yeah. for these special forces, but. So they decide that they want to retaliate and they kind of throw caution to the wind and decide to use this untested hyperzone drive to launch an attack on the aliens. So. Unfortunately, all the ships that they send are destroyed except for one, which is the protagonist of this game, and their ship happens to be called Falcian. So that's where the game gets its name. Yeah, so. I'll take your word for it because I didn't I didn't read that, actually. I had <laughs> yeah. no idea. I was just waiting for you to explain it to me. Yeah, because, I mean, like we said before, as soon as you hit start, it just jumps into shooting right in and music right away. Yeah. So I mean, I played the game, like, a lot, but I... You know, mm -hmm. you you actually read up on the story. I probably yeah. should have. There's done not that too. one cutscene, <laughs> one blurb of text, anything before you start playing. Yeah. So like a like a lot of other shooters. I mean, this is a shooter. So like a lot of other shooters, you're just trying to dodge stuff. You know, different obstacles, different enemies, uh, while you're scrolling through this this level to get to the the end boss. 
the difference is though with you know this and like a vertical shooter is that it has this third person perspective view that we were talking about earlier right. where your ship's moving forward and it kind of it's not mode seven because right. that technology didn't exist but it's like the sprites are are programmed to like move in a way that makes it appear did you ever see do you remember windows 95 where it had that like starfield simulation screensaver yeah 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 it's kind of like that yeah like the sprites basically just get bigger and come at you and but it's not like very smooth really messes up your depth perception yeah i mean you get like five like sprites for like an asteroid growing towards you so there's like a section where it's like where did where is it and it's <laughs> right. like right up on you but yeah it is kind of like sega space terrier or afterburner mm -hmm. or something like that it just not as pretty as the, yeah you know those games are but um you have to complete six levels and in order to do this you have you know infinite ammo which is totally fine but you have limited number of homing missiles mm -hmm. i didn't actually use those much and you were actually the one that told me like hey why aren't you using your missiles yeah like, like oh. I, I knew that they were there because of you know doing a little bit of the research but yeah i kind of forgot about them too yeah and so r enemies are like randomly appearing all over the place and at the same time you're getting these these power-ups that appear on the screen and those are random as well i was trying to watch you play mm -hmm. and kind of see like okay is it every you know five thousand points that these power-ups right. appear and then you're like well i just got them and then nothing happened yeah so, I, I missed shooting like everyone in this group because we thought like yeah maybe it was based on points or like some games it's based on if you take out everyone in that wave that came at you and yeah. as soon as you said that i was like nope i missed everybody and they still gave me power-ups <laughs> so we're not quite sure it's probably just random yeah so these either increase your speed or replenish your missile supply mm -hmm. so let's get into our next track this is called narrow road and it's from level three That was from Level 3, and the track was called Narrow Road, composed by Shinya Sakamoto, Shigehiro Takenouchi, and Atsushi Fujio for Falcon on the Famicom Disk System. Mouthful, though. Yeah, uh, this track was an earful. I mean, it yeah. was, there was a lot of stuff going on. It was really cool, very well organized. Um, it was kind of happy sounding almost like yeah, it was, it was like really oh, everything's shooting at you and trying to kill you, but it's kind of like really jazzy yeah. again, and uh, that organ. I, I mean sounded like an organ to me mm -hmm. it was like 
it was incredible. It was crazy. It was just all over the place. Yeah, I mean, and the scales that were going on, I mean, there was so, like, it was like each note didn't just, like, travel up. It, like, did, like, all these different scales all the way up. And I was like, man, this is kind of like listening to, like, Mariah Carey singing or something. I mean, it's just, like, so, <laughs> it's it's so many notes. Yeah. yeah, this track is actually, it's really interesting. I was looking at this uh, website. This is Japanese community for video game music listeners and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have a poll for the top 100 Konami tracks of all time. And uh, this track ranked 43. And I mean, that's of all time. Mm-hmm. And this track was the uh, the only track from Thalcium that was on there. But uh, a lot of people really, really like this track. Yeah. And for good reason. It's an excellent, excellent track. It, it sounds like it's going to be kind of like this generic loop. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of travels as the, uh, as, you know, the time goes by. It travels into this crazy, you know orchestrated solo thing i it's yeah I love it. it definitely has a very satisfying build and kind of you know crescendo and all i mean it just was a really satisfying track Th- there's kind of like a little walking bass i i want to say it's on the uh maybe it's the triangle maybe it's a square hole that you want to listen to that yeah real quick yeah okay, so i think uh yeah you hear that mm-hmm. yeah it's more straight notes than than actually walking but Mm -hmm. it's very predominant like when you listen to that track you heard that right yeah yeah no and you can see that like this one is a little bit more support famicom this system actually adds uh more of like a harmonizing high end Mm -hmm. so it is like a secondary role that's cool yeah, I mean, I really love this track. I can see why it made it so far into the you know the top, broke the top fifty. And, and this is a big list too. I mean, this is there's oh, tons yeah. of people that are going to the site. It got tons and tons of different ratings for it. So well, I mean, Konami has such a great library of music. So right. narrowing it down to the top one hundred would be really difficult. But yeah. Anyway, so we were talking about this game and how you're kind of flying through in like 3d space it has like that faux mode seven right right um but one unique thing about this game is they actually took it a step further and this game is on a very short list of games that had a famicom disk system 3d peripheral add-on yes so this game and they actually took it that step further to try to make it very three-dimensional yeah some of the games so it's a very short list some of the games that are compatible with the the 3d peripheral are uh, Attack Animal Gakuen by Pony Canyon. There's Cosmic Epsilon by Asmic. Famicom Grand Prix 2 3D Hot Rally by Nintendo. That's a nice title. Yeah. Fuin Shodin Ken Ankoku no Mao by Jalico. Highway Star or Rad Racer, as mm-hmm. we know it here by Square. And there's also JJ Tobidase Daisakusen Part 2 by Square. And that's it. Yeah, that's the whole list. So, I mean... that. For good reason too, and none of these games were revered that well, right? Right, I mean, like like you would expect. This is not a, uh, a you know commercially successful add-on, so it in didn't, Japan, yeah, it, it only yeah. it only came out in Japan, yeah, because so. the Famicom Disk System didn't come here. So, right. um, but I mean, what it did was it had a pair of you know active shutter glasses and an adapter that connected the glasses to the third player port on the right. Famicom Disk System. So that's kind of how the the glasses worked and how the attachment worked. 
And what this did was it allowed Falcon to display a stereoscopic image, which was very similar to the Sega Master System stereoscope 3D glasses. So yeah, same technology. Right. And that was for Space Harrier 3D. They actually had their own little 3D mm-hmm. thing. And I guess it plays a lot like this game. I'm sure it looks very similar. Yeah. In that, sense. You know, that fake space moving forward. Um, right. So, you know, like I said, it wasn't commercially successful. But what is interesting about this is Nintendo didn't give up. You know, we we know Obviously. that that there was the Virtual Boy. This was only eight years they later. They never give up. Yeah. they're still making the same stuff. Well, and it's and it's great too because it eventually kind of paid off. So eight years after they they made this failure on uh, the Famicom Disk System, they made the Virtual Boy. Which, <laughs> so they made another failure. <laughs> yeah, which you know, as we all know, it's that infamous, you know, it, it, system that just didn't work. Yeah. I mean, it just was not as successful as they wanted it to it be. It did 3D. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't real 3D, but it it made you feel like it was 3D. I liked it. Oh yeah, I it's still on very high on my list of systems to pick up, but not because it's like the greatest system ever made. No. <laughs> um, so even after that commercial failure, they still did experimentation on the GameCube and the Game Boy Advance SP. It didn't come out. It was never released anywhere, and they said that a lot of that was due to cost and technical limitations. So yeah. for, we didn't see any add-ons for the GameCube and Game Boy Advance, but. Years later, on the 3DS, you know, they finally, 3D, they they finally, finally got something that, that worked. And that seems like it was Nintendo's vision for, for so long. They, yeah. they probably started with these glasses, and they're like, you know what? All these games kind of suck, but I think we got something here. Let's yeah. just work on it for the next you know, 20, 30 years and see what happens. Yeah, and finally, I mean, with... It was like one guy in a basement just working yeah, on like, 3D. I will not give up on 3D. <laughs> and, and you know, for the 3DS, it was it was cool. The first version of the 3DS, it was it was a neat thing. It didn't, it didn't really like it that much. I play mostly in 2D. Right. But there's some games that it worked really well in. Um, I think I played, uh, I think Zelda I played yeah. on 3D. It, it looked great. Paper um, Mario Sticker Star looked good. A lot yeah. of the more flatter games looked kind of neat. But, I mean, with the new 3DS, with the you know eye-tracking technology, it worked a lot better. So, right. I mean, it's kind of neat to see that all the way back in the 80s, they were working on a technology they didn't give up, and it's finally paid off. It's not the greatest thing about the 3DS, but it's, you know, it's, it's a really cool feature. It's kind of like how VR is going to turn out in, you know, 10 years from now and mm-hmm. people are going to look back and be like man those idiots you know didn't know what they were doing playstation vr come on yeah <laughs> oculus well but if you look at back in the movies in the 80s people were wearing virtual reality <laughs> playing games you know right. and stuff like that so maybe it's another thing that took 30 years to finally yeah. work anyways we have uh, some more music to play what do we got so next up we have two tracks the first track is called careful with the walls from level four and then we have common boss
just heard the level 4 music titled Careful with the Walls and Common Boss for Falcian on the Famicom disc system. That first track, Careful with the Walls, mm-hmm. what is that? That's from something. Something sounds very familiar in, in that track. Like, I, I know that I was thinking I sent you Nicole. I'm like, no, I know that soundtrack too well, but can't pinpoint it. Yeah, I think it's difficult because for this game especially, you can really tell that that Konami reused some samples and stuff like that. So it gives it like the sound of other games. But then for me, I was also like, well, I did listen to the soundtrack for like eight hours on repeat <laughs> while I was at work. So maybe this game is just reminding me of this game. But no, I mean, but, you it's, know, the first time I heard it, I thought that too. Yeah. I was like, you know, what, what do I know this from? Because yeah, you were saying, you know, Konami recycle some of their their sound samples and maybe some of their sound effects and stuff mm-hmm. like that but well even some of their melodies maybe too or like kind of bits and pieces right but they also have an amazing sound team the mm-hmm. kukeha club they've been you know a lot of these guys have been with konami for 20 some odd mm-hmm. years so they they have a style and they kind of stick to that and i think that kind of maybe comes out in a lot mm-hmm. of different soundtracks you might hear things that sound very familiar because it's one guy being like hey this is my melody here yeah we don't know i mean we've seen other composers for other companies sneak their little melodies in every game they've worked oh, on the kk song yeah. yeah but i mean so if any of you listeners are, are feeling kind of that same feeling like a little bit of deja vu and you kind of can you know Big put your point yeah put your finger on which song this kind of sounds like definitely shoot us a, a message on online and, and we'd love oh, yeah. to hear it yeah we'll give you credit in the next show yeah we'll t- <laughs> anyways um yeah no the the next track common boss I, it's really intense. I like this track. I think yeah. it's it's pretty cool. It's it's a little short. It loops pretty early and then you know just kind of starts up again. It's like thirty. I want to mm-hmm. say it's like thirty seconds with a loop in there. You know, some of these bosses are are pretty pretty tough, but having this like really kind of raging sound is is yeah. Mm. No, I mean I mean like we've done fifty one episodes and really focused in on music and and we're kind of noticing a little bit of a pattern with like the boss music that's yeah. kind of seems like a little bit of a short loop because you you're not really gonna be focusing a lot so it's giving you that that feeling of the intensity and I've kind of been noticing that you know galloping kind of leads to make this like heroic sound but then galloping with a kick pedal has like this menacing kind of you know boss yeah, music kind of good, sound that's to a it. good observation yeah no i I don't know how to describe it other than the like growling bass mm-hmm. that the um, disc system is doing for the the sound there, but I really really like that. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like dun, 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 and it, I don't know. It's just it's so cool. I, mm-hmm. I think that that's a an excellent attachment, and then they have a little sweep in there too again. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty rad. Yeah, I mean you could definitely play the common boss song and tell that this is a boss music. Oh yeah. Song, so. Oh yeah. And we'll hear another boss track uh, later on, but all the the level music it kind of. It's kind of independent from what you're actually playing. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't really matter. All the mm-hmm. levels kind of look a little bit the same. We talked about the first one where it's kind of like that Windows, you know, 3.1 mm-hmm. or Windows 95 Starfield simulator. Yeah, it's like a couple pixels that are like kind of going off in different directions that give you the feeling that you're going, you know, towards them. Yeah, and but level two is uh, a little bit different. It's you're kind of like flying over like a forest, and this feels a lot more like Space mm-hmm. Harrier. It really looks like it. I mean, you get the horizon, a nice blue sky, and then about halfway through the level, it fades to this uh, this sunset, mm-hmm. and uh, that gives you that that I guess the perspective because you know they have to have the horizon on there with the the difference between the grass and the 
sky. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when I was doing some of the research for this, and they mentioned you know space harrier, space harrier, and I was like, okay, and I saw some screenshots. I was like, oh, I get, I can kind of see it because you're moving, you know, away from the viewer in like a fake 3D. But then with that second level, I really was like, okay, I got it. Like Space Harrier did a really good job with their backgrounds that really gave that three-dimensional look. That first level has a very f- broken three-dimensional feel to it. <laughs> but then that second level, it definitely starts to feel like, okay, I can see, just like on a racetrack, if the racetrack right. in a game where there was no like striping on the track, it would feel like you're not going anywhere. Yeah. But once they start doing like the, the light stripe and the dark stripe it really feels like you're moving yeah so that forest really gives you that feeling now that you're moving forward yeah that last track that we played that level four careful with the walls Mm -hmm. that level is interesting because instead of having the basically the sky and the ground Mm -hmm. you're flying between two walls right and this level is kind of crazy because there's missiles that shoot off the wall directly at you you have to Mm -hmm. avoid that and it i don't know there's something about this level that i just don't care for because i feel really like confined but that's just a personal thing mm-hmm. i think you know it's not necessarily anything wrong with the level when i think too it, it's you you feel confined you definitely by looking at the screenshots you would feel very confined but i think it's it has like a false confinement because you're actually seeing things kind of move away from you in space so they would kind of converge in on a vanishing point oh now you're so, making me dizzy dude, just <laughs> thinking about it yeah so i think a lot of those like the green area you can actually fly in front of and you're not going to take any damage because it's actually further in front of you but they just don't do a really good job of making it feel farther away well i mean this is still an nes game so they, right what could they do with it right uh there's other levels too there's uh one where you're got the same kind of horizon perspective but you're flying over water mm-hmm. and then you get the sunset again and then there's another level which is the final level and we'll play that track in a second here but you're flying horizontally through yeah. so the a, walls are kind of above you and above below you, you and below you yeah it's the same weird green purple kind of pattern mm-hmm. But um, I hated that level. I hated looking at it. I actually didn't make it that far. I watched the playthrough on that. The playthrough is funny. It's only like a 30-minute playthrough to like completely beat the game. Mm -hmm. This last level takes like like half of it. Anyways, let's get into our next set of tracks. We have Flying High, which is from level 5. And then we have the Final Space Fight from level 6, which is a fantastic track. I love this track so much. And I think you guys will too.
entered Flying High from level 5 and the final Space Fight from level 6. And that was composed by Shinya Sakamoto, Shigehiro Takanouchi, and Atsushi Fujio. Those are some really cool tracks. I really like them. That The first one, Flying High, to me almost felt like a kind of like you beat it cutscene track. It, very triumphant, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I have to say that this is probably my least favorite track mm-hmm. about, you know, for the for the whole soundtrack. There's not a whole lot of songs, but this is it's still a cool track, but it's just not mm-hmm. just didn't deliver for me. I, I think it was a little generic. Maybe it was the bass. I think the bass was just like the whole way through. It didn't have it didn't seem to have that like great complexity that that some of the other tracks had but for me the biggest thing that stood out is because we've been playing the tracks in order of levels we've been going one two three four five and six so this is level five and it's the game's not over and and (laughs) you actually have more more hard stuff ahead of you yeah yeah. but it it, the track itself made it feel like oh there's everything's good like Like you're you're kind of like riding off into that sunset and everything's you know saved uh, your human race or whatever and and uh, so that kind of threw me off a little bit. It's I, I thought it was a very cool track though. But like you said, I think I think if I had to list my least favorite one of this soundtrack, it would be that. But I mean, that being said, this is still a really amazing track. Yeah. So for moving on from the the least favorite, right over into my favorite track mm-hmm. of the of the whole soundtrack, and that is the the final area, and that's level six. This track, I love i'm mm-hmm. obsessed with this track and i think because there's so many really interesting things that the composers are doing with the sound uh from a technical standpoint they're just doing some very interesting things especially mm-hmm. with the famicom's disc system attachment there's just really awesome audio in fact there's one let me show you real quick it's um something that they're they're doing let's see here so I want you to listen really carefully because uh, you'll you'll hear it. I, I heard it right away, mm-hmm. and I can't get it out of my head, but uh, I want you to hear it too. Hang on. You hear that? Mm-hmm. All right, so hold on. Let's play it one more time. So that sound, if you look at the actual waveform, it's so interesting because it it it's like this really sudden low frequency positive voltage. That it, it almost sounds like it's creating like distortion, yeah. right? Above the DC offset, but that's all programmed in. Mm-hmm. And it's so rad to be able mm-hmm. to hear that with the, the rest of the Nintendo APU sound hardware. Yeah, and, I mean, it's really cool when anything is like makes that attachment so much more special to this soundtrack. Yeah, you know, this track is funny too. I, I did a, uh, a little cover. If you look at our YouTube account, I did this like a cover of this track mm-hmm. in Milky Tracker because I was like, you know, it, just for educational purposes, I was like, I wonder how this would look if it was written in a tracker. And so, um, you know, I kind of wrote it. It's, it's not perfect, but uh, I, I wrote it out to where I could at least see it kind of flow through and mm-hmm. see how everything is. Now, I couldn't really create that same distortion sound, but uh, I think the, the track sound turned out pretty good. No, right? I, I really like it. It has a little, some parts have a little bit of a different feel, but I, I really like it. I, you can definitely tell what track it came from. It, I mean, it, it blows me away. Well, I hope you can at least tell what track it came from. Yeah, but it's, what I'm saying is it's it's not like a... Like a cover it's not a that's super like totally faithful. different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, check it out. You can go to um, our YouTube account from uh, on our website. There's, yeah, the link there's a link to that. There. Yeah, it's like YouTube users pixelated audio or something like that. I'm not sure. Yeah, but for me with this track when it came on, I was just like, wow. Like with knowing that this 
last level is kind of like a 15 minute level. I was like, wow, I could definitely take this track for 15 minutes. And the other thing that was kind of interesting too was, you know, I had mentioned with the previous track flying high for level five that I was like, okay, well, I don't really see how it fits. It kind of feels funny, but it almost is like that calm before the storm because this track is just super intense. I mean, it's just, I, I mean, I would love to sit and try to listen and play this this level for 15 minutes and hear that song, but I mean, I I don't know. I might need to go on vacation after that. It's really intense. <laughs> There's that part where uh, it's like like almost like a piano playing up like a scale and then mm-hmm. back down, but there's just enough echo on the other channel to produce like almost like this chaotic but like beautiful intertwined mm-hmm. like, I, I love that that section as well that i mean i i can't sing that but yeah. you know you know where i'm going with it right? yeah yeah no i i really like that part um so we've talked about the levels a little bit we've um talked about how you get to a boss at the end of each one just pretty much like any other game but the bosses in this level or in this game are are really cool looking actually they mm-hmm. look like these giant mechs from yeah. space right? yeah they're all like really cool design they all have very different shapes and as you would different guess, colors too. Yeah, yeah different colors and as you would guess they get bigger and kind of more menacing feeling as you go through i mean and more detail and like because i'm noticing that the first boss is kind of like this little roundish like green guy and then yeah. it progresses and then the last boss is just like very angular well very the the third boss looks like a sphere with like two big wings on it yeah then, or like an x-wing or whatever i mean it's yeah it's, yeah there you go it's it's really cool uh i mean and they're massive compared to your ship i mean they they right. dwarf the size of your ship and the fifth boss you know that triumphant song that we were listening to earlier the the, the fifth boss looks like a giant uh, ice cream cone <laughs> a little bit yeah <laughs> Anyway, so I think this would be the perfect segue to play our next track, which is the last boss music. Like we didn't have that planned out. Yeah. So you just survived the last boss music for Falcian on the Famicom Disk System. Straight out of Contra. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, it gave me a Contra vibe. Yeah, no, it was it was definitely what you would expect from a final boss fight. It was fast-paced, dangerous, menacing, and had that galloping, you know, kick pedal. So it yeah. kind of furthers that theory of, you know, uh, galloping kick pedal equals menacing. So. Yeah, it had... Uh, it was more in the uh, the lower range, mm-hmm. I noticed, in this track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so after we played this game, we kind of had some similar experiences to what we think uh, or what we've read other people have had. Uh, some people praise this game on how you know fluid the motion was, that the ship handles very well. It does. It really it, does. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like that about it. And they said that you know the 3D mode was a you know great experience. So if you got to try it out with the 3D goggles, um, you know, I would assume that... Uh, some people would like it, but then as you would also assume some people wouldn't like it. Right. Uh, we had problems with some of the depth perception. It was a little 
funky, not terrible. Right. It didn't make you hate the game. It was it was a fun game, and even if you died, you kind of felt like it was your fault. So right, you kind of wanted right, to keep right. going and, and do better. Well, we kept playing it like, oh, let me get a run at it. Let me get a run at yeah. it. Yeah, back and forth. That was that was pretty cool. I do want to mention though, like for you, if you if you want to play the game and you're thinking to yourself, oh, I don't have the 3D glasses. This is going to be all weird. There's actually an option where you can choose normal mode. You can yes. choose 3D is by default. And then oh, this is on the title screen. And then you can choose normal mode. And that, you know, makes everything basically like you're just playing a Famicom disk system game or an NES yeah. game at that point. Yeah. And that, that's always really nice. And, um, you know, everyone kind of agreed the soundtrack for this game is amazing. And a lot of people said that out of the seven or eight. 3D compatible games that were released <laughs> that this was the best one. Well, you, you know, didn't have a whole lot of competition. Yeah. But yeah, this game is kind of cool. I don't know, that Nintendo Racing one could have been pretty cool. A 3D racing game yeah. could have been kind of neat. But you know how I love racing really, games. It could have been really horrible. Like <laughs> Yeah, root completely ruin your eyes. But <laughs> another neat thing that I wanted to bring up before I forget is actually the ship from this game was recycled for Gradius Guidance. So that's kind of neat that the, the ship gets to carry on into a whole new game. Yeah, it's just them recycling again and mm -hmm. bring it they're probably you know the game wasn't received very well and not a lot of people played it so they're probably thinking like oh yeah, yeah maybe we'll bring this back people there were some people that liked it and mm -hmm. maybe we'll continue the legacy a little bit right sneak it in there yeah it could also be yeah, not a lot of people play this game so they have no idea that this <laughs> ship existed in a whole nother game but right People did receive the the soundtrack really well. Mm -hmm. uh, people loved it for that, in fact. And I mean, we're doing a whole episode on it because right. the soundtrack is so good. It was released actually as part of a collection in 1990 called Konami NES Music Memorial Best Volume Two, and it was about 1,500 yen, which is like 15 bucks. And it had all the the tracks from three different games. It was Twin B3, Exciting Soccer, and Falcium, and those were all composed by Atsushi Fujio. And what's really cool is that in 2014, very recently, right. Egg Music produced Falcium soundtracks. And this was like eight bucks. And it had all the tracks from the game, but it was rearranged by Atsushi Fujio again. So, like, people loved this music mm -hmm. and they, well, they kept doing these little kind of re releases for it or, you know, two re releases for it. I think that's totally awesome. And another thing, too, I, I want to bring up before I forget is that three of the tracks in Falcium actually appear in some of the pop and music games. Oh, so nice. those, yeah, those arcade games where you mash on the buttons like rhythm games, mm -hmm. uh, they, they appear in that. So people obviously like it. Yeah, that's great. I mean, any any song that comes in to those games is a song that people must really like or the song that would translate really well to some type of interactive. Play. Right. And maybe we'll hear one. in a minute. Yeah. Anyways, uh, what do we got next? We have another track, right? Right. So next up, we have Farewell to Journey, which is the ending.
And there's your triumphant track, James. Yeah. <laughs> that was Farewell to Journey, which is the ending track composed by Shinya Sakamoto, Shigehiro Takanouchi, and Atsushi Fujio for Falcon. Well, I didn't think it started very triumphant. I thought it kind of sounded like, Out you, of key. like you failed, like, <laughs> like you're dead. Like, or kind of like when we did that Sonic episode, there was, you could beat the game, but it was a very horrible victory. Like everyone dies, <laughs> but you. And then there's like the perfect victory, which you beat, you know, Dr. Robotnik and you save the island. So right. um, I, I thought it was, it was cool though. I, I liked how it kind of misled you at the beginning and then kind of really picked up and you were like yeah this is great i did it i felt exactly the same i mean this this track is like ending kind of credits stuff even though it's i don't know it, it didn't really do anything out of the box it didn't do anything that fun the melody wasn't that catchy yeah. or anything it's a little um, it was a little generic I they, they almost could have just used the level five music and played it again and i would have been mm-hmm. fine with it you know yeah but uh no the game the game was cool yeah and that's the end yeah, it's funny because uh, I I didn't get a chance to watch all the way through the playthrough, and, and you did. So yeah, I, t- I took a little screenshot for you so you could see this. Yeah, so just like in I sent you Nicole, Konami has a note at the end of the game, and this one is just <laughs> right. it's kind of weird because at least with I sent you Nicole, <laughs> they gave you kind of what was going on, and this one yeah. it says in the twenty second century the world's biggest crisis was eased by Falcian, and you're like, what? Like that's what I was doing? Like. <laughs> Like, I didn't even know what I was doing. I just thought it was a ship kind of, like, shooting stuff. And then... I had no idea what I saw. I was like, wait a minute. Like, yeah. what is the... Why? Yeah, I mean, it's like, if you didn't read the manual, which, as a kid, I never read the manual. No. I would never know what was going on. So then you see this clip at the end. It's like, you didn't give me any story in the beginning, and now you want to give me all the story? And yeah. so the, the text goes on to say, but while enjoying the victory and the peace, disquieting explosions of planets happened one after another across the outer space. It might be the second gigaton. Gig, <laughs> I can't even say that name. Gigantos. Gigantos? Uh, I don't know. Gigantos. What is that from? Uh, that's what they're called, I guess. Oh, like, really? That's what the aliens are called. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then, so it's like, it I might don't be remember the, that. From- <laughs> so, so it's funny. Like, so they they let you know what you were doing, and then it's like, while everyone was enjoying it, planets are blowing up and people yeah. are dying, and it might be this basically the second coming of these aliens. And then it says nobody knows it though, and it's like. <laughs> So are you hinting at a sequel or are you just no saying sense. like, well, like you won, but the universe is destroyed anyways. I think there, I think there is a, a little bit of like a level of comedy in the game mm-hmm. because between levels, there's this kind of little dialogue that the, you know, Falcon, the, the main character or the main ship, or I, I don't know, says on the screen, it's printed and it'll be like, and it's in English, even, mm-hmm. you know, granted this game was Japan only, but it'll say like, after that, I needed a cup of coffee or something. It was like, mm-hmm. it's really weird. Like some of the some of the English or English doesn't really make any sense, but I could see them trying to be a little lighthearted with it. So mm-hmm. maybe with this, it was just like, I don't know. Well, I mean, and one thing I was thinking too is that even before I read this odd ending, I was thinking, well, <laughs> okay, so all these ships were sent in this hyper drive zone thing. And, and I would assume it's kind of like a light speed. Like, let me warp you to the edge of the galaxy. And he was the only one survived. So then I'm thinking, all right, he survived. How is he going to get back? It sounds like they definitely thought a very, a very dark ending. It sounds like the universe ends up still being destroyed by a second coming of these aliens. And, but it's like, no one knew how everyone (laughs) died, I guess. So, oh my God. Konami. Yeah. Oh, 80s Konami. Yeah. I miss you. I really like, yeah, I miss it too. I miss you guys. Anyways, today we covered Falcium on the Famicom disc system. It's about time we've been talking about doing this this yeah. game for so long and we've been avoiding 
playing any tracks and expansion packs because we really wanted to cover it in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the game was composed by Shinya Sakamoto, Shigehiro Takenouchi, and Atsushi Fujio. And it was an absolutely amazing soundtrack. I hope you guys liked it. Yeah, no. And if you want to know more about the show, you can check us out online at pixelatedaudio.com for show notes and track lists. And let us know how you like the the soundtrack on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Pixelated Audio. Yeah, we've been getting uh, a lot of feedback from you know you guys listening, and we really appreciate it. Every time we we get something, it just brightens up our day. It means a lot to us. Please leave a review on iTunes. Uh, that means something to us too. We always read that. We always uh, try to gauge our show and change it up accordingly. So thank you guys and appreciate anything you got. Oh, and if you're new to our show, you can check out some of our last episodes. We just did one on an expansion pack, which was our episode 50. So it was a big landmark one. for us. Yeah. A lot of really awesome music. James surprised me a few times and I think I shocked him. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the try taking us out. Earlier, I was saying, like, you know, the Falcium music made its way into the Poppy Music soundtracks mm-hmm. for those arcade games. And so yeah, I think I, you uh, subtly hinted at it. Yeah. I found uh, this track from, from the game, and you haven't heard it yet. So right. you're going to actually listen to it with our listeners at the same time for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called The First Space Fight from Falcium. That's the title. And it is arranged or remixed by Kota Takahashi. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you in a few weeks for the next episode.